Hey, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barron. If you're connected to this, then it's somewhere near day seven of month six, 2023. It's also a great opportunity for you to open the Bible you have to Luke chapter four, verse 18. Get that together, then we can uh, get our Wednesday meditation started right about now. Because I'm already mad. I am mad this morning. No, don't get mad. Well, it's 631, so I'm mad. Oh, it's 631. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm angry. You got me angry? Yeah. <laughs> Thou should not start church late. Well, you started that it. That's a sacrilege moment. If that's... That silly long message I had up there won't in the way I could have started on time. But that's all right. You had something up there. We we will get there and we will we won't hold you up this morning with, with our lavishness. But but I had to let you know that I am I'm a stickler for being on time and so I appreciate you and for, and thank you for your forgiveness for that whole sixty seconds that I just made you wait past your start time. <laughs> And uh, and I know you forgive me because some of y'all went to meetings and it started forty-five to an hour late, Bless and that was an annual occurrence. Bless him, Jesus. <laughs> bless him, bless him, bless him, Lord. <laughs> well, good afternoon to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm calling live from from Ethiopia, so it's afternoon. And I'm looking out at all the pyramids and all the uh the uh the uh the, the, the nice temples that was left by all the Egyptian princes and princesses and and uh and before you say no you're not I can be wherever I want in my head. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I it is good to be with you on this morning and uh to spend some time with you. I wanted to make some apologies to you. Uh, and, and I wanted to do this openly because uh, we were scheduled to do some events. And and sometimes I have to realize that I have wonderful conversations in my head that I don't have in public. Mm-hmm. And so I did not express that it was some challenges that came into the the event that we were going to do with Mama Bell, and it's not dead yet, and that's probably why I felt like I shouldn't just say anything about it, but I realized a lot of you were asking questions, and, and the ultimate person asked the question this morning, and I thought I had told her, but I did tell her. I just told her in my head. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I I appreciate, again, your your liberation uh, for me, when I have my 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 meetings in my brain, and I think that because I'm talking to you very clearly in my brain, that you actually there. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me. You won't dare when I talk to you. So we are looking at trying to to reschedule those things. It was just a lot going on this month. We have uh, an event coming up on Saturday, and we're trying to finish that and get that all settled so I can get rid of all these politicians out of my life. And uh, did I say that live? I did, but I already told them. I'm trying to get rid of them. 
So let me get that that all get that done and and and, mm-hmm. and so some of them scared they might lose and they ain't gonna be there, so they want to get all they they work done before whatever happened at the end of June, and uh, then we'll go back and circle to see what we can do special for this uh, grand occasion known as Miss Bell, and we're gonna we're gonna definitely do that and and some other things that we're going to look at, and so uh, it is coming down the road is what I'm trying to say. And uh, Mama Bell, you're going to definitely do a nice ceremony before I die, and uh, and 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 then you'll be able to uh, tell all the children that you played for the great Eric Barrett's funeral as they rolled him out. So that's because you you're going to live longer than me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. She's going to live to be longer than Methuselah, so she's going to live longer. She got a lot. She got a lot more living to do. I'm planning on it. Yeah, she got a lot more living. I don't want to stay here that long, but I know you ready. You waiting for the rapture? I rather just just go on here and and just go take a nap for a while. That said, we'll get our time together uh, started, and I ask for again your your prayers and consideration as we uh, embark upon the weekend and. Uh, and we will do those those uh, those events on this weekend, and hopefully we can uh, do some good in the community and in the world with that. And then we'll look down the road for something else. So, that being said, Mama Bell is here, and and it might not be the Carnegie Hall, but it's our little personal space. It can't nobody tell us what we can and cannot do on this line. So feel free to. To in your mind, dream like you in Carnegie Hall and bang on the key, and uh, grandmother will uh, pray for us, and then we will uh, be in Acts chapter four, uh, verse eighteen. After they have concluded, so any many minor mo, I think grandmama, you can go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Most gracious and all-wise fathers, we come this morning. We come to tell you thank you. We thank you, O God, because you woke us up this morning. The blood still running warm in our veins. You look down upon us, God, with strength and health. And, God, we just want to thank you this morning. We praise you this morning because of who you are. Because you love us so much. We just praise you and we magnify your name. And as we go forth this day, God, give us the strength to stand tall, cry loud, and spare not. Look down on our nation, God. You know every problem, every situation. We ask you to take control. You, oh God, is only one can fix these problems. Only one can take care of your people. And we ask them for that this morning. And we say thank you. Bless this radio audience, God. Bless all those, God, you knows what they need. Bless them this morning. And we just say thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen.
Lord, Amen. thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If you, uh, most of you are old and uh, in, in, in generations, because of that, you're aware of a certain ideology, and that ideology is that uh, you remember back when they used to tell you, don't put more on your plate than you can eat. We got all this food here. But only put on your plate, but you're going down. Now, you down it, and then you come back and you do something else. But before that, just start with what you know you can eat. And so in our time together, all I know I can eat is that second or that third part. He has sent me uh, to recover sight of the blind. Now, that's not how it is read or how it is worded, uh, but that's how I want to say it to make sure that I have appeased to my English professors here on the line and, and I didn't say something of broken English. He has sent me to be an ophthalmologist. Today I want to talk about social and spiritual optometry, social and spiritual optometry. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy, amen. Amen, but I'm trying to find out what you mean. <laughs> amen. <laughs> all you blind folks ought to know what an optometrist is. <laughs> Where are you reading from? Luke chapter Four. Oh, you in Luke? I thought you was in Acts. Luke chapter four. Oh. Apparently, you didn't listen to that long message. It's the reason why we started late this morning. I see. So, while some of us are still trying to find it, it's great. See, that speaks well to the message. They ain't hear, they ain't see. Bless their hearts. Social and spiritual optometry focuses on the reality that the majority of our society socially, or should I say physically, is blind. According to a World Health study, it presented the case that the average person on planet Earth has some sort of problem with their sight. Some of it is, or most of it, should I say, is uh, pretty minute. Maybe a blur here or a, a blink there. Maybe an eye burn here or a, just a little water there. And, 
Then, of course, you know we have uh, the severe issues where there are those who are trying to operate uh, even though their sight is severely depleted. The culture is suffering from a severe sight problem. It has been argued that by the end of time, or at least by the end of this particular portion of time, decades, should I say, not decades, since uh, millennia, thank you for allowing me that moment of blunder, it has been argued that one-fifth of the world somewhere in there, give or take, you know how these statistics work, is numbers made up by people who ain't got nothing better to do with the time. One-fifth of the world will find themselves needing some type of optimal, optimal, uh, get that word out, ophthalmology support. Basically, one-fifth of the world at some point is going to go in some way blind. Many people argue it's because of technology. It is because of the various things that we're using in our facilities, the the lighting uh, that uh, is affecting us. Many of our homes are are not as uh, well lit as they once were. Uh, you know, Mama and all them, or should I say Big Mama, lived on the plantation, or she had one of them big houses. We talk about those other folks here, not us. And uh, those houses had a lot of windows, and so it was a lot of light, those houses, and, and, and they had, a, you know, good sunlight for reading and good sunlight for doing all sorts of other activities. And the more that we have become urbanized, the less uh, activity or the less uh, access, that's what I want, we get to natural light, and so our uh, environments are more darker. Not only that, because we are more technological and we spend most of our time indoors, uh, we spend a lot of our time working in darker spaces using technology, computers. We always got those phones to our faces. We're sitting right up on TV screens, iPads, so forth and so on. And all of these uh, contributing factors is forcing us Ophthalmologically, yes, I just word it's going to be in my dictionary. It's coming out. It's sending us ophthalmologically in a negative direction. That's the physical. There's also another problem that we have suffered from in our culture: social blindness. Social blindness affords us the opportunity to. Uh, see things in a way that may not necessarily uh, act or may not necessarily compete or compute with reality. There's a moment over there in the book of Judges where uh, I invite you, if you got nothing better to do, I told you about that Sunday school class over there, and at the First Presbyterian, maybe if everybody go to that class, they can have their class, and 
And, you know, all these Sunday school classes are getting shut down, but they're going to be rebels. So go over there and join them if you want to have a Sunday school, 915 or something over there. But they over there in the Book of Judges, and, and they was over there talking about uh, that part where they said everyone sees what's right in their own eyes. That's a sight problem. When I feel that this is the right way, when I see that this is the accurate choice, when it makes sense to me why the world or why uh, this situation should appear the way that it does, it presents a serious problem culturally because if everybody is looking at the situation individually, then how do we come to a general consensus? How do you come to a moment of truth corporately if everybody is appealing individually? I found myself dealing with that subject some time now when uh, all of these different issues is going on within the community and so forth and so on. And, And I'll spare you the details because you have better things to do with your Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whenever you find this. I appreciate you for being with me regardless of the time. But what I noticed in my travels is the issue of I need you to do what I need you to do because this is what matters in my world. But at the same time, we're talking about community as well. What do I mean? Well, over in certain communities and civic leagues, you've been to them. You have about 50 folks that show up to the meeting, and all 50 of them are fighting. They might got two or three that got together. But for the most part, our concern is more what I want, how I see the neighborhood, instead of the reality that we are not the only ones that pay taxes in this city. We're not the only ones that have acquired property. We're not the only ones that get up and, and as they say, pat bricks and turn corners. But everybody sitting in uh, this little neighborhood here gets up every morning and turns their face to the plow. The trucks and the cars and the hard hats are assembled to the heads every morning to go somewhere to make a little bit of bread so that we can provide for this life or this thing we call life. And because of that, everyone has their own unique struggles and stresses that, if not paid attention to, can cause severe problems corporately. One of the issues that we struggled with some Time uh, in this past uh, couple weeks, it was a a big thing that uh, hit our attention, was the athletic community. And I spent some time last evening having a conversation amongst the athletic community because uh, in their minds, their focus is that 
You know, we should be more green. We should find ourselves being more earth-friendly. And so by doing so, particularly our bikers, they decide that because they are not using uh, the transportation that uh, pops out fossil fuels or, or the cars that pops out uh, bad toxins into our system, the pollution, so forth and so on, because they are completely green by riding that they are doing their part to save the planet and the rest of us are destroying it. And so you should pay more attention to them because what they're doing is righteous and what the rest of us who drive cars or or who take public transportation or whatever other means that we use that may be harmful to the community or to the society or to the world, I will agree. But it's not taken into consideration that maybe it is a little bit of a challenge. Oh, Mama Bell and Brother Dennis, too, I would love to pick on in this conversation, if I may, because I, 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 I definitely can see Mama Bell getting out there going to and fro on a two-seater. Mama Bell can get right out there on that bike and just ride right on to her doctor all by herself. Yeah. Uh-huh. What about those individuals that may have found themselves at a point in time when utilizing those green opportunities are just not conducive? But when all of us only see things, as I explained to the athletic community, within our own eyes, then it becomes a stressful thing. Then I also explain, if we are trying to get individuals to focus their attention on these activities, to focus their attention on walking, to focus their attention on biking, to focus their attention on being more green and being more earth-friendly, the one thing you can't do is force people to do anything that, A, they may not want to do, and, B, they may not understand to do. The art of invasion does not change anything. All it does is push another generation into a form of oppression. And the great thing that I would love to show to the people and bring awareness to when they talk about, oh, the progression of America, but if you peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, what you will find is that America has been nothing more than a great gigantic peel of oppression. All of our process and progress has been in some way at force. And even in our time of overcoming, the thing that I fear most in the black community, if I can be so uh, forward with you, is that we have risen up as a people and have found ourselves doing to our oppressors what was done to us. They have this mentality, some of us in the black community, well, if the white man did it to me, I'm going to do it back to the white man. He stole my cat, I'm going to steal his dog. He put me in slavery, I'm going to put him in slavery. He took my job, I'm going to go take his. Force does not present true and healthy progression. 
All it does is move the needle in a very negative way. Sight to the blind, as I mentioned, means two or three different ways spiritually is the last point I would like to submit to you for consideration, and then I'll remove myself from your time. The spiritual aspect is what is the scriptures really saying? What is the text really meaning? And I must apologize to you right now because, oh, I just opened a can of worms that definitely is going to have to be glossed over. We can only paint this with broad strokes. We can't deal with it. Not fully, at least. Too much here. Too much, too much. But sometimes, as we had this conversation before, definitely around here, it may be vague some, and I do apologize if you don't remember, where we talked about the difference between the Jesusian philosophy theology and the Paulinian theology, and then we have to talk about the Mosaic theology. Now, some will argue, well, God gave the things to Moses. Yes, yes, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, but then God somewhat left Moses alone to kind of figure out his own situation. Go back and read it. When he made some of those things and and uh, a divorce to be one uh, particular piece of business. The Bible does not speak of God uh, telling Moses to give divorces or not. The Bible says that Moses just allowed certain things to happen. Moses had the authority based upon God to deal with certain individuals in certain situations. But the thing that is very significant, is that without really paying attention to the difference between Jesusian, God, Moses, and Paul, sometimes those three or those four get put into one lump. And so now God said, God said, God said, God said, instead of really understanding what is going on. I'm going to leave you with something that's going to mess you up, but that's a good thing because you'll come back Sunday. Because I have been fascinated by what is going on in Christendom now with this Carl uh, uh, Lentz situation, that Hillsong Church. Not only him, but all of these pastors and teachers and what have you. Because the culture decided to change its view on relationships. It decided to change its view on how we deal sexually. Now, some will argue that Jesus came along and he said, no longer shall there be uh, multiple wives and husbands and so forth and so forth. There will only be one man and one woman, and I, I have no argument with that. No argument with that. But again, without contradicting the scripture, I must take and put into consideration that there was a time when a brother was slinging it with most of a girl. Oh, the wisest man to ever live was a guy named Solomon. And we don't have to talk about how many wives and girlfriends he had. You could feel the whole First Baptist Butte Street with all his girlfriends. 
and you still might have to have a second situation. And so when we go to bully people and beat them up about something that the culture has decided is wrong, without taking into consideration, maybe that is not biblically sound, and I'm not trying to present to you the argument that sexual immorality is not biblically sound. I told you I don't have time to deal with this. I'm going to have to leave you in a mess. But I still just admit that before we go and cast indictment on folks, that you take time to really see what is exactly going on. We are living in a culture, as I must lead, where it more than ever is a requirement that we all go to the eye doctor whether it's physically, whether it's societally, or whether it's spiritually. And so if I had to leave you with a request this morning, two of those I think that we can handle with Brother Dennis as he comes to pray for us that we will take a moment to make a spiritual appointment with our heavenly ophthalmologist. Open my eyes that I may see. Savior, divine. Brother Dennis. Let's pray. God, we come to you today to continue that thought that you will open our eyes open our eyes maybe not physically but spiritually open our eyes spiritually that we may see the Lord that we may see his salvation that may see what he has to offer uh, if, uh, look at the, there's a song that we all know I once was blind but now I see amen you know we see the glory and we see the glory of God through his salvation Father God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you that you give us salvation. You thank you that you are always there for us with open arms, that we may see who you are, not only in our lives, but the lives of people around us, Lord, and how you've touched them and how you've helped them and how you've made them stronger, stronger in their faith and stronger in their life and and, uh, and what they do. Lord, we just thank you for that. Be with us continually as we continue this week protect us give us the strength ask you to bless us bless our time together bless our fellowship together but most importantly just bless us physically and spiritually and bring us back on sunday with open mind and definitely open eyes just give you all the glory and all the honor that you deserve not only today but every day amen and amen god bless have a great week 